It is my second favorite subject to preach on. The first one is, come, Holy Spirit. Ooh. Every time I say those words, I get a rush of the power of God. So, open your Bibles to Luke 24, and we are going to read the first eight verses. Amen? Luke 24, verses 1 through 8. Say amen while you're there. Amen. Okay, I'll wait for the actual people that have actually written Bibles to say amen. Amen. Okay, Caitlin gave me the go. All right, on the, I'm reading now the 1984 New American or um, NIV. Today it's NIV. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, I love those words, suddenly, suddenly, just out of nowhere, two men in clothes that gleamed in like lightning or lightning stood beside them. And, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Wow, that's powerful. They went, they, even though they had heard about Jesus and Jesus had taught them, Jesus had taught them that he would have to die and be raised from the dead. It still did not compute because sometimes there's the disconnect until the revelation comes. We, we hear it in our hearts, but we don't understand the revelation that turns the light on. Okay? Verse 6, he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. They remembered his words. Amen. Okay, a couple weeks ago, we had talked about the resurrection, the three forms of the resurrection. And the first form was a spiritual resurrection. We call it being born again. Paul says in Ephesians 2 and 4, recapping real quickly, and then we're going to move on to the mystery of what we live in in resurrection now, and then I'll finish the message on the resurrection in the age to come, okay? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. That is the resurrection. On the day of Jesus' resurrection, every person, past 
present that believed in him and all that would come to know him was raised at that resurrection day. Paul says, Paul preaches a lot about the resurrection. I call him the resurrection preacher. He, um, God, rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is because grace you have been saved. The salvation date, your salvation date, happened over 2,000 years ago. Because Jesus made it possible for us to be saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so I want us to understand, just recapping this, is I want us to understand that when someone, come, when someone comes to Christ Jesus, you are seeing that very salvation prayer, that salvation transference from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you are seeing the power of the resurrection redisplayed time and time and time again. What I mean is that same resurrection power that raised the Holy Spirit, that God raised Jesus from the dead through the power of his spirit is the same spirit that gives sinners a new life. And that same resurrection power is working in everyone who believes in Jesus. Now... I want to talk to us about the spiritual mystery today of the resurrection. Now, if you really want to find the mystery of the resurrection, then you're going to have to open your Bibles and read Romans 6 and 7. That is the mystery of the resurrection we live in today. It is this, this uh, what I call the old man and the new man, this mystery that I'm still part of this world, yet I still, there's this part of me, part of us, that lives in this other world in the heavenlies, where the Father is. It is the mystery between the old man and the new man. And so Paul talks about this mystery of the resurrection. He displays spiritual truths in those two chapters that will make demons scream, that will cause healing to manifest. It is a powerful two chapters. I don't, you know, theologians skip from five to eight, but the power of the gospel is in these two chapters in the book of Romans. Because it explains who you and I are. It explains our struggle to overcome and to live from another world in this world. To live from heaven, as Bill Johnson would say, to, li to live from heaven to earth. So he's talking about allowing, what he's talking about there is allowing the new man to come forward and live and defeat the old man. And die. Through salvation in Jesus, we were 
resurrected from a sinful past. We did not leave the old Adamic nature behind. It's still with. That Adamic nature will be with us until, this is the mystery of the resurrection, that Adamic nature will be with us until the end of this life, whether it's the coming of Christ or it's our death. Like Peter puts it, I take off this tent, this carnal nature, this nature that will go away, and I, we will inherit the fullness of Jesus' nature. Not the God nature, the nature of Jesus, that new resurrection power, that new resurrected life, with all the fruits of Jesus in it. However, here's the, here's the mystery. It's in you today. And it's at work. Philippians 2.13 that the gospel, this gospel, have you ever read the gospel from the mystery of the resurrection? You should try it. You should try it. Look for the mystery of the resurrection in the, in the epistles of Paul. It will change the way you think about yourself. I promise you. It will change the way you think about yourself. Because you're going to be able to say no to the lie and yes to the Holy Spirit. Because it's gonna, it's gonna unveil that 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 uh, carnal man. It's gonna unveil it. It's gonna pull. It's gonna strip it wide open, and you're gonna go, oh. Sometimes revelation has to come before change. Very few times, only this is what I see. Only in the born again experience does does um, the change come before supernatural or uh, the gospel revelation. I come, even I, I come into an understanding unto salvation, but the transformation of everything happens on the day the person experiences the resurrected power. We still live in a world where darkness rules. That's just the reality of things. Bad things happen to good people. You don't have to do anything and something can happen to you because somebody else does it. Does it. Or it's just you go in and somebody mismanaged the company and, your comp and the company that you've worked for for years closes. Things change in this world. But in Jesus' world, it only gets more powerful. It only gets more powerful. The more you know him, the more we can act like him, and the more we can act like him, the more we live in that world. But our born-again nature can rule over all the powers of darkness. You need to know that today. That resurrection power has defeated the powers of darkness. And it is now inside of you because of Jesus that lives in you through his spirit, through the spirit of God that lives in you, that gives you the power over darkness. You have a key 
inside of you that can change everything about your world if you will just learn how to use it. It's learning how to use that resurrection power. I liken it to this. I learned to walk the way Jesus walked. That's it. That's what I do. I walk like Jesus walked. I don't worry about, you know, I don't worry about anything anymore. I don't worry about how, how high up the how high up the ladder God has me do a, a fallen angel deliverance or a demonic deliverance. I don't worry about that anymore. I just take whatever he, he allows because I have this resurrection power and I know, I know the key. The key is to call on the word of God. To call on the word of God and to take the word and to say, in my prayer life, you can reach a level in the realms of darkness that our prayers to the Father don't matter. Don't matter. Because he can't hear when you're dealing with darkness. When you're trying to break through darkness, the only thing that, breaks, that broke through darkness is Jesus saying, it is written. There are certain prayers that you can pray and answers and seasons and things like that. And then there's certain prayers like cleansing the bloodline, praying for lost souls. That needs a different type of prayer. But that resurrection power is in you to give you the authority and the power to do it. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking to you about? I am talking to you about a power that I cannot put words to. A power that if spoken by the Father, a whole new universe would pop open. Is in you. It's in you. I know, I'm feeling it too. I think even my shaved hair came is standing up. <laughs> electricity running through my body and I shave clothes today so I just feel the whisker holes <laughs> Ephesians 5 and 13 but everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it is the light that makes everything visible Verse 14, this is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What does that word shine actually mean? Christ will pour upon you divine truth. Divine truth. As the son, he gives the example here. He's, given a, he's giving a, uh, an analogy. As the son gives light to men that arouse them from sleep. And wake up, O sleeper. Think of as, you know, the sun comes up and it shines in your bedroom window. It will awaken you. It will awaken you. Miss Carolyn's giving me a t uh, an amen on that. So there it is. I got my witness. So 
divine revelation is waiting for you. It is the secret of understanding the power that is within. It really is. It really is. I, I'm gonna, I, I've said this before, but I'm probably going to preach this for a couple of years. If I didn't have that resurrection power inside of me and my wife and my daughter, our situation may have been different. But we could draw from that resurrection power. We could draw from it. And it caused a faith in the face of every single person that gave negative information. I hear you, but I don't really hear you because I don't believe what you say. Sleeper, what does it mean to sleep? What does Paul mean? It means to yield to slothfulness. That's what it means in the definition. And even sin. To be indifferent to one's salvation. If you are a sleeper, if someone is sleeping, they could be sitting in church, but they are indifferent to the gospel. <laughs> it's true. Because they're not awake. They're not awake. They're not living. They're not being transformed. You can tell. Listen, I, I stand here and I preach a gospel that sometimes is uncomfortable. But I've got to tell you, if you're still doing the same things that you were doing 20 years ago today, you're out of date and you have not kept up with the move of God's spirit in time. Things are happening so much faster now. It is, it is getting to a place of acceleration. I'm even feeling the one world government coming. I can feel it in the spirit realm. It has awoken me. God awoken me to this watch. It's getting ready to happen. There is going to be more government control coming very soon. But we don't have to yield to it. We can be victorious through it. But the key to, the key to victory is resurrection power. People are reluctant to work. To work for their freedom. I see this often. Spiritually. There is something that keeps them from experiencing the resurrection power and getting rid of whatever the kingdom of darkness or the carnal nature has. Just separating, bringing in God's power. Revelation 2 and 4 says this, Yes, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. If you're arise, if you're awake, you are a pursuer of Jesus. So ask yourself today, am I alive? Am I in pursuit of Jesus? 
And if you can honestly answer yes, then Jesus has nothing against you. The great thing here is that he gives us this as a warning. Change. Arise. Okay, now that I'm almost through the bad part of the message, what happened in Ephesus, Paul is warning there in Ephesians 5, slumber. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about this, Wes. Here we had a ministry of unusual miracles form a church in Ephesus, and, and Paul leaves Ephesus, and then he writes to them and says, wake up. <laughs> the point was, is the power had fallen off. The power had fallen off. It had been drained. Maybe, probably not totally, but something was going on that he would challenge them. Something was over, trying to overtake them. A church who operated in these extraordinary miracles, something was creeping in slowly and overtaking them. Overtaking them. I'm telling you, I would like to say this. Let me say it this way. I would like to comment this way. If signs and wonders are not happening with the people that are preaching the gospel, run. Run. If they're not casting out demons, healing the sick, and prophesying, run. Because it is a slow takeover. And the goal is what I wrote in the newsletter. Did you guys get the newsletter? About the anti-spirit, anti-Christ spirit? Exchanging. Exchanging, moving Jesus out. Anti-Jesus, anti-power, anti-anti-anti. The measure of Christ's separation from the world is the, is the precise measure of our separation. We have spiritually been completely severed from this world. Completely. You need to know spiritually the world has nothing on you. Carnally? That's a different story. That's the mystery of the re of the the resurrection. Let's talk about the physical resurrection. This is one that gets preached about a lot. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye. And when will all this happen? At the seventh trumpet. In the book of Revelation, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, and we will be changed. 
what we have in Christ will fully be manifested. That's the power of the resurrection. I believe if the church can really get back to the teaching of what the cross is, the power of the cross, the power of Jesus' death on that cross, and the absolute power that raised him from the dead, if we could get to that place and not know it phys uh, theologically, but know it theologically and supernaturally, it will change this world. It changed the world in the New Testament. And the, and the Bible says that the latter days will be greater than the former days. There's a move of God coming. And I'm fully convinced that this right here will be the message of signs, wonders, and miracles through prophecy, healing, and deliverance and the gifts of the Spirit. This message right here, the last day message, it's not going to be about a new gospel. It's going to be about the true gospel. The true gospel of what Paul preached. Listen to the certainty in Paul's declaration here. We conclude that man is not perfect without a resurrected body. The certainty that we will be changed, even though, even though he is a God, he is a man that God is doing extraordinary things with. He even recognizes the certainty, I still have not been made complete because this carnal nature hasn't left me. I will be bodily resurrected and it will be changed. The Father's plan was the reconstruction of the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. And that happens today. That's why healing happens. Healing is nothing more than the resurrection power trying to operate to bring somebody to a greater completeness. Oh, it's true. When you get delivered from demons, when you break curses, when you get healed, when somebody prophesies that gives you a great direction in Christ because you know it's real, the Spirit bears witness to the Spirit. It is moving you great, closer and closer to that great completion. We call it things. Sin, death, the kingdom of darkness cannot triumph over you in this mindset. It may resist you for a season, but it will be defeated. It's true. It's been resisting my family for two years. And we have not quit. Trying to destroy a prophecy. And Lee and I are not going to have that prophecy destroyed. Because that is a prophetic word. So we continue to push 
and push and push and ask and seek and knock and push and ask and seek and knock. What I mean push is apply spiritual principles. Push back. Keep the right mindset. Keep the positive words coming out of that mouth. It's so real to me. This is so real to me. Three things and I'm going to be done. When the Lord descends from heaven with a shout, the dead in him will be the first to respond. Isn't that something? The dead in him will be the first to respond. Now, I'm not sure how to take that. I don't know if it's going to ripple through time or if it's going to be like a snap, snap. I don't know how that is. But all I know is what scripture tells me. The dead will rise first and then we will be changed. Isn't that something that the dead will hear first? Maybe I would, oh, maybe it's like this. This is just flashing in my mind. Maybe because they're already in the spirit world, it comes from the spirit world into the natural world. Huh. And because they're still connected in the spirit world to their dead body, when they hear it in the spirit world, It'd be like that Matthew 27 or 28 when all these dead bodies started to get out, come up out of the grave. I think it's the end of 27. Listen to the song of Solomon. Listen to this. 2 and 10. Solomon, 2 and 10. My lover spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. Me. That's what he's going to say. That's what he's going to say. Come, my loving ones, my loved ones, my darlings, my beautiful ones. Now Hannah, get, now Hannah knows I'm letting secrets out how I talk to her. Last point. Revelation 20, verse 5. The rest of the dead lived, not again, until the thousand years were finished. If they don't get up, basically this, if they don't get up on the last trumpet, on that last call, they will not get up for a thousand years. And they will get up to a totally different judgment. Did you guys get anything? I want you to know that that little one over there, that little one over there, and this oldest one here, I'll say it's me. I, I was thinking about Brother John, but he looks about 15 years younger than I, so I won't. But the thing is this. From the youngest to the oldest in this place, that same resurrection power lives. 
and we need to understand that. There isn't anything, there isn't anything that can come into our world and affect us if we know how to apply that resurrection power. I just, why don't we stand? I want to pray for every sick person in this room. If you have any pain in your body, I need you to come down here right now. If you need, if you have any need in your, in, of financial need, whatever need you have, come down. Whatever it is, I want to pray for you. I am, I don't really feel a powerful leading, but I am going to just trust that it's going to happen. I don't have to feel anything for Jesus to work. He's always working. And I want you to realize that whatever you're facing right now has already been defeated. And it could, parts of it could be healed today. All of it could be healed today. But we just walk this out day by day until the last trumpet, right? Now, please come.